Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 45. I am Jeff, joined as always by Chris. That's me. Hey. And we have a couple movies on this episode about the scariest place that uh, conservatives have never been, which is the city. Uh, we'll see how, <laughs> how much we liked these movies when we get to them. Uh, but first, as always, we talk about what we've been watching over the last month. I think it's maybe been a little bit of a slower month just because all the big movies already came out and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's kind of a slow period, you know, time in the year. But uh, yeah. what have you been watching, Chris? Um, I mean, I saw some like holiday shit that everyone watches every year, but the the three that I hadn't seen previously, um, that are from last year, well, yeah, twenty twenty three. Uh, I saw Migration on Christmas Eve. That is the new Illumination animated film starring a family of ducks, um, starring Kamal and Genie. Elizabeth Banks and Danny DeVito. Uh, that's fun. Like if you're, you know, for kids movie, it was enjoyable. Uh, Danny DeVito plays a uh, plays Uncle Dan, the the drunk duck. <laughs> <laughs> like he is, to- like he sounds like he's toasted in in the recording booth because, yeah, he is he is pulling off a uh, drunk uncle quite well. Um, uh, and he, he's quite a bit of fun. The the main story is kind of like, oh, like we want to go on an adventure. Let's let's go to Jamaica. Let's migrate to Jamaica. And so the dad, who's like a little overprotective and loves living in his pond, is like, and do that shit. And then the the mom duck gets all angry and is like, like you gotta you gotta stop being such a jackass. Like let us <laughs> let us live a little bit. So then it goes on this like adventure. They end up in the city. Uh, you know, I guess one of them gets lost or something, so they're they end up having to help this uh this oh this uh the hell a parrot. They they end up having to like rescue this parrot because they can't find their way to Jamaica because they never migrated before, and the parrot's from Jamaica. Um, so they get there's like this weird rescue thing in a restaurant where they're trying to cook the ducks, and it's all pretty like standard animated family fair um the actually the story and the the set pieces are they're not great but anytime like the kids are talking or uncle dan is going on like it's fun like yeah i think the dialogue is enjoyable like we all kind of laughed at it it was a a good time at the theater on christmas eve like i wouldn't rush out to see it but we were just like we burned time on like my wife just wants us all out of the house on Christmas Eve, so it was like, <laughs> like we used to like you know when they were little, it'd be easy to take them to a movie or whatever. But now like they're older, and it's like, I don't know, do you guys want to go see a fucking animated movie? And they were like, let's go see the bird movie. So okay, like, that was fine. Like otherwise, we would have ended up at the Hunger Games. But I think my youngest daughter had already seen it, so she didn't want to go watch that one again. <laughs> so, yeah, migration, fun. You know, it's a, it's a short 90 minutes. Actually, I think it's less than 90 minutes. So, like, you know, you have, like, kids or something around. It's a, probably a good one to throw on once it hits, uh, like, streaming. I'm surprised, um, you know, you said they're a little bit older now that they're not, like, too cool for uh, 
an animated movie. Yeah, they were fine. Like whatever. Like, we're gonna just, like yeah. Um, it was funny last year for Thanksgiving. We we always go before we go to my parents' house for Thanksgiving dinner. We always go to a movie too, and like we normally let them pick. We let the youngest pick last year. I think I think it was last year, and we ended up at that Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, afterlife or whatever it was, which was good. We we had a fun time with it, but like she has no affinity for Ghostbusters. It's just like <laughs> want to go see this weird Ghostbusting movie. <laughs> All right, so I, I think there's not many more animated films like as a family in my future. But did you take them to see Thanksgiving this year? No, I did, <laughs> did suggest it. I suggested it to everybody, but everyone was like, "No, that's, no dice. you just do that on your own." <laughs> Like my kids know I like horror, but they're not, they don't they're not necessarily it. follow along. So, <laughs> um, another one I saw is uh, Zack Snyder's new big movie on Netflix Rebel Moon Part One A Child of Fire. And no oh boy, that is a film, nobody liked it. Um, so. I mean, people were trying to make it out to be like the most like garbage thing they've ever seen, and like the hyperbole on that is maybe a bit of a stretch. It's just kind of dull. It's not like the worst thing ever, but I don't know. It doesn't really have any of Zack Snyder's like he's kind of known for his visuals, and like I don't think it's like all that visually stunning. Like, really. So it's just kind of like this generic sci-fi movie that evidently was his, like, what this came out of was his pitch to do a Star Wars movie. Um, and they Disney shot him down and was like, mm, I don't think so. Netflix so he, said, here you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, and Netflix gave him a bunch of money and was like, yeah, like, we'll do it. And I could see how he wanted to turn it into a Star Wars movie. Um, I don't necessarily think it would have been a good Star Wars movie, but... <laughs> It's not a particularly good generic sci-fi movie either. Um, the cast of characters isn't great. Like, basically Seven Samurai, but in space. Which has yeah, been I heard something before. like they keep, they keep introducing characters throughout yeah. it, but like they're not very interesting. And No, they're all kind of like, like... Why are we being introduced to these people? Yeah, I think they're supposed to be cool. Like, oh, there's like this like witch lady, and she has like these lightsaber things, like katanas that... that are heated on one end, so they're not really lightsabers, but they kind of look like lightsabers. And oh, there's this gladiator guy, and like there's like interesting archetypes that they introduce, but they're not like good characters. They're just like here's this what should be a cool image, but it's shot poorly, doesn't look great. Like th- there is a scene with a giant spider lady, and this this uh other bounty hunter she she has these two katanas and she's kind of dressed like a little witchy looking and it should be like a cool fight right like a giant spider fighting against somebody with like like katanas and like it should be this like cool like anime type fight it's just boring (laughs) incredibly dull there's no tension to it you know she's gonna survive you know the little girl that she's trying to rescue is gonna survive like and it's not even like oh this is like that's like a neat neat acrobatic move they did there or like that's cool like visually like it's just they made a boring fight with a giant spider like 
how do you do that? Like, it <laughs> sounds cool on paper. How'd you fuck that up? And that seems, that's like the entire thing with this movie. It's like, all of it should work. And none of it does. It's all just very dull. Um, and then, like, if you've ever seen Seven Samurai, the whole purpose is, like, you know, the, the samurai are getting together to protect against the the invading, the army that's going to come and, like, you know, bust up the, the town. And these, uh, you know, they, they've done it in westerns before and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. They made it, like, tons of times. Yeah. Um, and the final battle in this is, like, on some random spaceport, not at the town that they're supposed to be defending. They take out, like, the big bad on this random spaceport battle. <laughs> and I get yeah. it. It's part one of two. So clearly, like, they're going to go back and, like, that the town will be attacked. But that's not... It doesn't make any sense. It's just, like, it's so fucking weird. We're just going to have this climactic battle in a nowhere place because nobody knows what any of these planets are. And they have no personality. They just, like, oh, that's random generic farm planet. That's random generic sand planet. Like, Star Wars, there's a sense of space and place to everything. Like, you might not know what the fuck Kurosan is, but when you, like, see it on film, like, it's this giant fucking planet that is filled with skyscrapers, and it's, a, like, the entire planet is a city. Yeah. And you kind of get, like, an idea of the place. <laughs> Zack Snyder has just been like, oh, I'm gonna, like, do generic biomes. <laughs> what? Does yeah. it make any sense? Why would you do that? But, um... So yeah, Rebel Moon Part One, Child of Fire, not great. Like they said, I've seen worse. But are you gonna are you gonna watch Part Two? Sure, why not? Like right. I didn't hate it like to the point that I was like, wow, that was a giant waste of money. And like I kind of want to like, hey, because you know, I guess just I wasn't gonna add this one, but I saw Spider Man uh, across the Spider Verse. Into the spot, yeah. I don't know. Whatever no, the new it's one was, it's yeah. a cross. It's a cross. They're, they're all it's like, yeah. So I think Into the Spider Verse was the whatever. Yeah, whatever the one that came out last. That was a part one as well. And like, while I generally enjoyed that, I also think it's like kind of part. It's part of a story. Like, I didn't really think think that resolved itself. So I'm hoping maybe part two resolves it and makes it a little more interesting because. I generally like Snyder's stuff. Like, I don't think he's a great director, but normally his stuff's at least visually interesting. It's just really weird that he spent, you know, two hours and 15 minutes here and none of his, like, signature stuff, none of the slow-mo. Like, there's a little bit of that here, but it's not, it's not like 300 or um, Dawn of the Dead or any of his other stuff that he's done that, uh, like even what the hell was that that uh was that one he did uh with the the girls like the the group of girls Rocker um, Punch maybe yeah yeah like that one yeah. it's a bad movie but like it's visually interesting at least um like there's some cool visual shots in there it's just a really boring like movie in between the action but at least the action was cool to watch this is just like there's nothing there so I'm hoping. 
Maybe he saved it all for part two. Who knows? The, I didn't. I didn't feel that way about the new Spider-Man. I felt full satisfied by it. But like the, what you're saying, reminded me of how I reacted to the new Mission Impossible. I'm like, are you saving all the cool shit for part two? Like, where? Yeah, no, that's fair too. Because like, I, I generally like the new Mission Impossible. But like, you put Tom Cruise on the screen, I'm probably having fun anyway. And yeah, same thing. It's like. I just felt like it didn't have enough. Like I saw, like the big set piece, I saw in the trailer eight hundred times, and so yeah, I was like, like uh, I thought there would be more, like you know, more, you know. Yeah, like we, all that stuff from Mission Impossible, like the train, the the it was all given away. Jump. Yeah, it's, we all saw it, and it wasn't. There was nothing surprising in the two and a half hours, and that's kind of you know Rebel Moon, and uh, that that's very much like Rebel Moon, right? Like there was nothing surprising in this. It's just kind of boring, and I wasn't. I hope I they guess, come through on the second one. I guess I I am not a big enough Snyder fan like that. I was ever interested in it. I was like, I'll let Chris check it out, see what he thinks. And it was like there was a morbid curiosity just from like one. Everyone was like, Oh my god, it's such dog shit. And then just like inherently because I am a Star Wars fan, like yeah, right, you want to like, like see what like his yeah. idea was. Yeah. What was his What was his pitch? What was he gonna do? Oh, that I. Mm. I see why Disney turned it down. <laughs> um, I mean, it wouldn't have been any worse than some of the stuff that, that you know Disney has done recently with Marvel and Star Wars, but it wouldn't have been the worst thing that they've done. But it it also is not it's not particularly good. So, um, and finally, um, I don't. I, I don't think that you talked about this one before our last show, but uh, uh, maybe you did. Uh, the Holdovers, I saw that one. No, I haven't talked about it yet. Okay, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here. Um, I know that you very high on it. I um, gave I, it movie of the year. Yes, I, I liked it. I don't think I liked it quite, quite that much, but uh, um, I did like it. It was a very, very nice film but yeah that's that's, i don't don't know if i'd watch it like you said like oh it's a it's gonna be like a holiday classic for you like like, it is yeah i I try i'd watch it again but um it's good though it's like it's emotional it has you know there's a nice story the characters are great like that's really what it is it's a character drama yeah Um, yeah so it really feel like I guess what I loved about it. One, I love that it was like a Christmas set movie, and it kind of has that like vibe to it. Like, yeah, uh, you know, kind of a lonely people Christmas, but like I love that. And it's just not the type of movie that I feel like you see that often anymore, where it's just three characters and. I think it's rare for a movie to have three characters that feel fully written. Like every character here has something happened to them in their past. Um, you know, they feel like they feel lived in, you know, and, and they all kind of going through their own journeys. And it's just nice. It's just like a nice, like people getting to know each other and they maybe learn a thing or two. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I just really I dug that movie a lot. I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people loved the Holdovers. People Um, liked it. I think it is like, (laughs) I think Oppenheimer is going to go on to win all the awards. I think Holdovers is 
huge underdog when it comes to the award season. But whatever. I, I, I like I love them both. Like I thought Oppenheimer like I'm not gonna be be sad to Oppenheimer win a bunch of awards because I think it's incredible. But uh just this to me just felt like something that I would return to because it's just it's just a nice throwback to you know, movies that you used to get like in the seventies, like the last detail or something like that. And when it's 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 very much styled that way too. Like yeah. the, the way it like, you know, the, the film grain on it, that the way it starts is like very like retro. Retro studio logo and the old like rated R banner or whatever. Yeah. Um it was neat. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. this is this is different. And then yeah, you, I was not expecting that either, and I didn't want to like spoil it for anyone going in to to watch it, so I didn't mention that. And then, like the the characters, like yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know if I liked either of the two main. Like, there's a third main. Like, she's kind of she's kind of pleasant right from the get go. Well, I uh, love her. Yeah, like she's she's great. The other two are kind of like they're a little bit like dicks, and it's like, but that you've come to kind of understand them and why yeah, the yeah. way they are and and they're endearing because of that like i was fully surprised like i didn't think it was ever gonna go into like why is paul giamatti the way he is you know i thought it would just be like oh he, he's just that's how he is and he's gonna learn from these other characters but like no they explain what happened to him in his past that made him the way he is and like yeah that i really love and then like um, Dominic Sessa's character, the the young boy that's staying at the school over Christmas break, like, man, there's a part where they go to see his dad that is just like, wow, like it kind of floored me. Um, well, yeah, my favorite was Divine Joy Randolph as the cook, and there's a part in the movie where she like leaves, and I was like, why would you get rid of the best character? She's like the yeah. emotional core of this movie, but luckily she she does come back. Um. I, I don't know. It's a big recommend for me. I, I think most people will really like uh, the holdovers. Yeah, I, I, I also recommend. I'm just not sure I will watch it at Christmas. Every year, so. <laughs> I, um, I, I think I think it works as a Christmas movie. Like it has. I don't know. I think it I think it does. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you might want different things out of a Christmas movie <laughs> than most people. So. Um. Yeah, so uh, what what have you been watching over the last month? Uh, you know, there's things that you reminded me of when you were talking about uh, Rebel Moon. I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, I saw the, the Creator. Oh, yeah. I, I like that film quite a bit. I did, too. Uh, it was... It, it had... I Like, people are like... People are like, oh, it, it's a uh, you know assembled out of other parts. It doesn't. It's nothing original to it. And I'm like, I don't know. Everything kind of is, but this thing like visually was fucking. Um, I think, yes, one of the best movies visually I saw all year. Um, and yeah, some of it is just doing cliches, but I was emotionally invested in in what was happening, and. I thought it was kind of a. Hey, I think it's different in at least one way, in, in that I was saying like, no, the AI, the robots are good. <laughs> like the AIs are fine. It's, it's the humans that are the baddies. Humans are shitbags. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a different. I think it's sort of different. You know, I'm sure there's other uh, movies that have maybe done that too. 
and it is a bit of an uncomfortable theme to like for this corporate product to be like, yeah, no, the AI is fine. Like, but I don't know. I was into it. I really enjoyed it, and and I think it should be up for some visual effects awards. Um, nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, I was yeah, like, uh, I kind of thought like there was like me and like a couple other people saw it when it came out, and like the people that I know that saw it liked it, but I kind of felt like. Maybe I'm on crazy train because like you're uh, alone on an island here. Cause, <laughs> yeah, it got kind of like trashed, and, and and I don't get that. Uh, which kind of brings me to my next film that similarly, similarly, like was like, I don't know. People didn't seem to dig it. Didn't get great reviews. Some people seem to really hate it. Like I've seen a lot of one star reviews on Letterboxd, but this movie blew me away. It's a big recommend. Uh, especially to you, Chris, I think you'd like it. And that is Leave the World Behind, uh, hmm. which just came out on Netflix. I don't know if you're aware of this movie or seen anything about it. Um, I've seen, yeah, Julia Roberts, right? Yeah, I've, I've yeah. seen I've seen the trailer for it. I don't know much about it other than it does seem like it's right up my alley. It is awesome, dude. I think people's problem with this movie it's like an end of the world movie. Yeah. And it is all build up. It is all like, I think a lot of people feel like the ending does not pay off the build up, and it does not um, explain what is going on enough. But my opinion is this, the movie is all about the build up. It's all about the dread of when the end of the world starts, you not knowing what's going on and just being like, Something weird is happening. I know something bad is happening, but I don't know what it is yet. That's what the whole movie is. It's two hours and 20 minutes of that. And it blew me away. Like, there's suspense sequences in this that, like, just had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, just really cool. Like, it, it is really well made. Like, uh, it's Sam Esmail who did uh, Mr. Robot, which I never watched. Um, but he's always doing crazy shit with the camera just thrilling sequences um this is not really a spoiler thing i'm just trying to get an example of something that's really cool in the movie it's basically a family that goes like you know on a vacation to leave the world behind it's like they're they're like off in the wilderness kind of like isolated from people any anyway right Mm -hmm. and then internet starts to go out like everywhere and you know everything just kind of shuts down they don't know what's going on and at some point in the movie they make a decision to leave where they're at and like hit the highway and get going. And like, as soon as they like, you know, they're like 30 minutes into like getting out of there. It's like, there's just cars just crashed all over the place. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, they basically like, you know, run into like this traffic jam. They can't get past it. And they go to turn around. All of a sudden there's cars coming at them and it's fucking Tesla's like, uh, that are self-driving there's no drivers in the car and the cars are coming at them trying to hit them it's fucking wild and like the way it's shot is just very exciting and it just feels like a new idea like it feels like oh like yeah what if these like self-driving cars decided to become weapons you know yeah uh like who knows what elon's gonna do next (laughs) yeah and here's what people think like again they're like the ending is so abrupt I feel like it just reached the logical conclusion that it was going to reach. Like, I liked the ending, and I feel like the movie did give me enough answers as to what was going on. And, like, those answers I found to be very interesting and, and scary. 
Um, so I, I again, I, I'm one of like the outliers on this one. Like I think the majority of people do not agree with me on this, but I think Leave the World Behind is like an awesome movie and gets a big recommend for me. And I think you would dig it, especially. Nice. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I don't. Go. I'm curious, like if if you'll feel how I feel about like maybe you you might like expect more payoff, but like I don't know. I it totally. I loved it. I, I had a great time. Good. Um, I'll talk about a couple of other things I've been enjoying. Uh, TV shows, actually. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about one that is this is another one I, I would recommend to you, at least so far where I'm at in it, and that's an uh, Apple TV show called For All Mankind. One I've um, heard good things about from, oh, our, uh, from our friend Brian. He, he seemed to like that one. Yeah, so this is not new. The show, I think, started in 2019. There's four seasons of it out, I think, out and complete. Yep. I'm on season one. Um, I'm, like, halfway through season one. And the premise of this show, it's a what... It's, like, an alternate... Like, a what if, like... Yeah. And, and and the, the premise here is, what if the Russians beat us to landing on the moon? Like the opening scene of the series is is the moon landing. Everyone's watching the moon landing, and at the end, the astronaut gets out and does not say the famous line that we all know. And then they plant a, a you know a Russian flag uh, on the moon. You're like, oh, okay. And it's it's interesting. Like right away, even the first episode, the way that alters history. Um, and it, it, I guess it helps, you know, if you're knowledgeable of history, and I, I've probably if you're knowledgeable of the space pro- program, like, it would probably greatly, for, you know, further your enjoyment. Yeah. Because there is a part in, in, in the first episode where it's like a blink and you miss it thing, and if you don't know this, it's going to go right over your head, but they're like, you know, once the Russians land on the moon, they're like, Senator Kennedy, you know, has canceled his trip to Chappaquiddick, and he, you know, they're going to be holding hearings on how, you know, NASA let, like, the Russians beat us to getting to the moon, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like, if you know about Chappaquiddick, you know, like, he got in an accident and killed somebody, and he was probably drunk, right? Yeah. And this does not happen. And so that's already, like, you know, a small thing that has been altered in history. And then, like, later on in the show, it's mentioned that, like, he's probably going to be a presidential candidate, which, you know, any ambitions he had of being president were killed by Chappaquiddick. There's, like, little things like that. And, um, but then there's also things that, like, I don't know everything about, um, you know, the, the Apollo missions or anything like that. Like, there's one... There's an episode where they're like, "Oh, we're gonna make some female astronauts," and there's the first, you know, woman astronaut in space, right? And at the end of the episode, it's like dedicated to Geraldine Cobb, and I was like, "Wait, did this, you know, was oh, did I just see something like that was true about the first woman in space?" And I looked her up, and it was like, "No, but she should have been." You know what I mean? It's like the show is already into like what could have been. You know what I mean? Right. If um, if we hadn't if we hadn't landed on the moon, then maybe she would have. They would have pushed her forward so we could do other things first. Well, it was like 
I think what the whole thrust of this show is going to be is that if Russians had beat us, it would have accelerated and prioritized space exploration in a way that it wasn't. Yep. That, like, when we got to the moon, it kind of let us rest on our laurels. And, and, like, I think, you know, even now it's like, I don't think NASA gets the funding that it should. And, and like, our kind of missions to space are. I'm not aware of us doing it as much anymore. Yeah, which is wild because, like, the whole space race thing is why, like, a lot of the technology we have today and, like, not just, you know, there a lot of medical advancements yeah. happen there, but, like, you know, all of our all of our chipsets and everything and, you know, our phones. If we did not do the space race, we would not be holding, like, tiny pocket computers in the same way. Maybe like, yeah. at some point we would have got there, but, like, so much came out of that. You would think we would be funding you know exploration and scientific endeavors in such a way so that we can continue to advance but yeah fuck that up i guess so yeah it, it, it's and, and i think because of that this show is going to go from like speculative fiction into like science pure sci-fi at some point but like right now it's like 1970 or whatever in, in it and it's just like it's just alternate history and i find it to be very very fascinating like the last episode I watched was um, them doing Apollo 15, and I'm sure this is like an altered version of whatever Apollo 15 was. But it was them basically going to see if they could discover ice on the moon, and they do, and it was just absolutely thrilling episode. Um, like, if you are into space shit, which I think you are, yeah. I, I think you fucking love this show. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. I, oh, yeah, I guess the other thing I wanted to say about it is, like, what I heard about the show is that, like, every season is, like, a really slow build-up with a huge, like, crazy payoff at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is someone who's only seen the slow build-up, I've found it to be completely, like, riveting and captivating. I'm, like, way into it in the slow, boring parts. So, nice. uh, I can't wait to see... I can't wait to see... Uh, you know like what the, the cool what the big thing are. Yeah, the, yeah. The building up to that. That's neat. Okay. And, will, and another thing I've heard is I've no uh, basically happens on the show regularly. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I cut out there a little bit. I see my voice <laughs> is going. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it going in and out? Yeah, you cut it. Cut out for like uh, just like right there for like two seconds. Like you cut out so. Otherwise, yeah. it's been fine. Yeah, but yeah, I, I did. You know, I heard that like the worst thing you could imagine happening, you know, usually happens on the show. I, and we haven't gotten there yet. So far, it's been very hopeful and, and like inspiring to me. And just like I don't know, I, I do love stuff about the space program. Like you know, it's just it's kind of an amazing thing. But anyways, yeah. that it sounds super fascinating. Like it, it mixes two things I love, which is like alternate history and space so yeah, yeah. That, that'll be that'll be fun yeah I, usually, I i think you'd really dig it like i don't know i i'm really loving it um so it's good like <laughs> i kind of like ran out of things to watch which is that's how i ended up watching leave the world behind like i had avoided watching it but i was like i'm out of things to watch i know everyone says this sucks uh you know i gave it a shot I'm like i loved it and then this show i'd heard a little bit about i'm like i'll give it a try man i need to like a new show or something. I got nothing to watch. And yeah, it turns out both things I loved. Um, there is one new show going on that I think is a lot of fun that nobody's watching, and that is the new season of Fargo. 
Okay. Uh, every season of Fargo is its own story, so you could watch anyone. And um, the premise of this season is that it's like this normal, boring couple, and the home invasion happens, and the wife gets kidnapped. This is like all like first ten minutes of the first episode, and it quickly becomes clear that the normal, boring wife has a skill set that is not of a normal, boring wife. And you come to learn that, like, she has a past, and uh, she was married to this very abusive, like, crazy husband that she, like, escaped from. And he is played by John Hamm as this, like, as this, like, right-wing, like, crazy Mm. sheriff. And it's just the the season is a lot of fun. Like I know people did not like Fargo uh, season three and four. I kind of liked season four, but this is like fully back to the amazingness of the first two seasons, and includes which I don't think three or four did. Like the early seasons of Fargo included a minor supernatural element in in each of them, like. Um, like at the end of season two, out of nowhere, like aliens show up, uh, and this this one there's like <laughs> there's like a hitman that um, John Man uh, John Ham hires to like kidnap her, and he is like apparently like this warrior who's been alive for thousands of years, and uh, not a guy that you want like pissed off at you, and it's just like it's weird because it's normally it, it's just. The whole rest of the show is just like, oh, this is just like a normal, you know, crime drama or whatever. But like, they all have like this weird magical element to them. So I'm happy they brought that back. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's especially like, yeah, like the first episode is just going to pull you in because it's just like action from start to to finish, and then you're fully hooked. Um, and, and you know, yeah, lots of fun cast. Uh, you have. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee as the, the mother-in-law of this wife. Juno Temple is is the wife. She's from um, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's just fun. John Hamm is having a blast in it as a really monstrous uh, right winger. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess my pitch here is if, if you liked Fargo, but didn't like the last few seasons, you really should come back and check out the new season. Cause it is a lot of fun. And Chris, I don't think you've watched any of them. No, I haven't. Uh, um, you could watch I, this I, one just easily. It's it's, it, you don't have to watch them in order. You know, just jump right into, into season five. I think I watched the series out of order. I did. I watched Fargo season two and then I went back to season one. Um, but those first two seasons are big recommends also. And what's that on FX? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I guess I'll leave it at that. I did see a few other things, but I want to leave you with a couple of big recommends and that's it instead of stuff right. that disappointed me. Um, well, let's, let's, let's talk Go about ahead. these scary city movies. Uh, I kind of I think at the end of the last episode kind of mentioned kind of like in the vein of Death Wish. I'd say one of them is way more in the vein of Death Wish, which is uh, Fighting Back from 1982. John D'Angelo has lived in the same neighborhood all his life. He remembers when it was a nice, safe place to live. 
where all the families knew each other and everyone felt secure. But for the last few years, John D'Angelo has been watching his neighborhood change. Uh, you know I don't want you walking home alone. From the kind of place you'd want to raise a family to a dangerous crime-infested battlefield. Stay there! Now, thieves and drug dealers, beware, because John D'Angelo is declaring his own personal war. Oh, you're real tough, huh? Hey, look, we don't need people like you in the neighborhood. John, you cannot go around shooting up bars. What they want? Oh, I want to be safe. I want my family to be safe. Ah! Look, we understand how you feel. We know what you... You understand nothing. John, you're crazy. This is a police matter. Hey, Superman, go home. Look, this thing is bigger than what the police can do. John D'Angelo is a decent man. But he's fed up. Enough is enough. If the police can't protect his family, he'll do it himself by fighting back. Kind of yeah. a Death Wish movie. <laughs> my understanding is that like it kind of spawned out of Death Wish. That's because, mine too. Yeah. Yeah, like De- Death Wish was uh, whoever produced the first one lost the rights or something to it, so they didn't get to produce this. They, they were going to to do another dub but they were like oh well, i can't so they like did this thing fighting back yeah and instead of charles bronson we have tom scarrett who i like and it's weird kind of to me to see him like in a big like lead role and as like this vigilante dude but that's what we got here kind of a uh a, a vigilante story but uh i guess let's get the facts out of the way first uh it, this movie, Fighting Back, which nobody has seen and nobody remembers, <laughs> was released May 21st, 1982. Uh, had a budget of $9 million, which is kind of amazing to me. Uh, and box office of 6.4, so did not do well in theaters. Uh, did not make its money back. It's directed by Louis Teague, who actually did some decent, in my opinion, uh, Stephen King adaptations. He did Cujo and yeah. um, Cat's Eye, which I always loved Cat's Eye. The, yeah, both, both of them are good. You've seen that one where, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I love the short story about uh, James Woods uh, trying to quit smoking. It's fucking wild. He also uh, he also did, after both of like, Cujo came directly after Fighting Back, and Cat's Eye came after Cujo, but the, the movie that he did after, uh, after Cat's Eye is one of my favorite... Uh, Adventure movies, uh, Jewel of the Nile. Okay, uh, I've never seen that. M- Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Um, oh yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's a fun it. one. And then uh, he also did Navy Seals, which uh, stars uh, Navy Seals. Yeah. <laughs> it always reminds me of that Clerks joke. <laughs> uh, but I've seen I've oh. seen Navy Seals. I loved I liked that one as a kid. Yeah, I, I don't know if it holds up, but yeah, as a yeah kid, I've I seen it. it since, since then. Yeah. Uh, that uh, becomes a problem later tonight when we get to our other film. But uh, makes makes a uh, um makes a weird circle with this too. I mean, like clearly these are both films that that take place in cities and and uh, kind of have that theme there. But uh, Charlie Sheen is in Navy SEALs, and uh, Emilio Estevez, his brother, is in Judgment Night. Mm. See, it's always six degrees. Yep. 
Um, and we'll get to this, but I like Emilio Estevez as an actor. What the fuck happened to him? Like, yeah, just disappeared. We'll, 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 we'll get to that, but yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, anyway, so yeah, it's, this is like uh, we're taking back our city from these thugs type movie, which, like, Again, Jesus I think Christ. I, I think I've I've mentioned that I think I I probably mentioned it at the, at the last episode. Like it's kind of like this conservative kind of racist. Like even at the time, I think there were there were critics that like called these movies racist. Like you know your death wishes, your dirty Harrys, uh, and and I can see that. But I generally like have fun with these movies. I just like movie like these grimy city movies where you know, killing a bunch of people and, you know, I don't, I, I, yeah, I can see the, the issues with them, but I tend to like them. I this do movie... like in, in this, in this movie, one of the, uh, one, one of the characters calls it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you mean black people, right? Like that's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. They actually like kind of pointed out several times, which I think starts to become a problem for the movie, but, um, and we'll get to it, but the movie starts off, by right away giving you an icky feeling because yeah it starts off with these you know philadelphia television reporters like putting together a broadcast about how violence has increased by like 536 percent since jfk's assassination which is a weird like okay why is that your starting point what the fuck are you talking about but it's like fear-mongering uh news stories which you know they do the news does but it's just like all right w- there's like all this footage which like, which by the way is all actual news footage of actual deaths and murders that's what i'm saying like you start this movie with a bunch of like actual people getting murdered on film yep to do your shitty little fucking death wish rip off it's just it put a bad taste in my mouth right away um and you have uh, Tom Skerritt. He plays John D'Angelo. He's like he's a super Italian deli owner. Um, and I guess like they do give him reason, you know, like Death Wish. The guy has a good reason for wanting to get back at these people, and they, and they do do that here. <laughs> like his, they're driving around, and his wife sees like they see like this pimp beating the hell out of some, you know sex worker and the wife yells at the pimp about it <laughs> he chases them down and like rams their car uh into a house and somehow in this like you know um he's pregnant tom, his wife yeah is pregnant. tom scare's wife you know in this accident loses her baby that she's gonna have then later his his mom gets like you know caught in the middle of a robbery at like a convenience store. <laughs> this is absurd. This is where I thought the movie might actually be good though. Cause like, yeah, like <laughs> she's just like in the middle of this robbery and they decide they want the ring off her finger and they cut her finger off. Cause they can't get the ring off. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be like a, one of those badass, grimy eighties fucking like, that's you know, it. That was that was the high point right there. That was it. it. Was that drugstore robbery? That's kind of it because a lot of the rest of this movie is like trying to make a point, and that it never makes. It it makes like 
it wants to have it both ways. It wants to yep. have it take and eat it too. It wants to say these movies are like problematic and racist, but also if the community just comes together as vigilantes, like and, and you know, if we really all get involved, we could take our cities back. Yes. And it's just like it's two opposing views <laughs> that like bog down the movie. And like instead of getting the thrills that you think you're gonna get with the like Again, like I saw this lady get her finger cut off. I'm like, oh, this movie's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be cool shit, and there's just not. Like, there's no, you not. Get, you get a lot of, you get a lot of uh, John talking to other people about things. <laughs> like they're not yeah. really doing anything. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, like it tries to be an actual story, uh, and it, it, like tries to be like we're gonna address how. We're gonna take the cities back from these like gangs and shit, but it's like cities were never actually like like cities are never like they were depicted in Fighting Back or Death Wish or any of this shit. Like it's not real. Like Chicago no, as worse, absolutely fake. Chicago as worse has like some bad neighborhoods. Like yeah, you would probably be like smart to like not go to these neighborhoods, right? Yep. But it's not like if you go to the city of Chicago and you go downtown, like to where like all the tourist shit is, it's not like that, dude. It's just not like yeah, you'll see homeless people and stuff. That's about it. Like it's not. It's, I don't know. I just think that like yeah, so like the the place where what's kind of funny about this is being from Philadelphia. I know exactly. Well, where, I wanted to ask where, you about yeah where John's neighborhood deli is and it's in this uh you know small little it's in philadelphia but it's like a neighborhood called kensington and if you're from here like my whole life kensington and allegheny which are the two big they're the two avenues that that run a they cross street and so it's like a big intersection and k and a is like it's a shithole <laughs> like always has been it's there's a high rate of prostitution on it um now it is mostly known, like if you if Philadelphia ever comes up on the news, it's because of the uh, you know people doing drugs on like that are out and like they're they're doing that like weird hunch sludge thing because like they've they've shot up and where and where's kind of this like zombies? It's it's this place called Kensington in no, I'm saying what, in the movie like where, where, that that's where that's the that is the neighborhood where's Delhi is yeah, yeah. yeah so. Like it's right under where the L is. Like there's one point where actually where he's running off to go across the street to the deli to to the uh, um after his mom gets her finger cut off. Like you see like the blue kind of like street stanchions. Like so the the subway, which is above ground at this part of the city, that's like where the subway is. Like right above. Mm-hmm. It. So like I know exactly where this is, and it's never been like how like they make it seem lawless. Like, like <laughs> do like, you know? Yeah, do you know where the park is? And, yeah, the the park is just a park, and it's not a park that like if you're just walking by, like some old man's gonna get assaulted. Like, no, that's the thing. Yeah, like yes, there are like you put eight million people together or whatever. There's gonna be areas of crime, and, and I think a movie. Look, you could either go the route of we're just going to have fun and, and it's just going to be about like taking down criminals and blowing shit up and like, yeah, it has problematic undertones. 
Or you could be a movie that's like about something and about how these neighborhoods come to exist and how maybe we could fix them. But I don't think you could do both movies at once. Like, no, it's just messy. It just doesn't. They're just two. It's two competing, like two different goals. Like, are you trying to do an exploitation movie or are you trying to do a serious drama about like, or a serious exploration of how cities have bad neighborhoods and how people get stuck and why there's crime there? Like, and like this movie just it tries to do both and it kind of just plays lip service to. Like it basically has Yafet Koto show up for one scene to like, okay, fuck you, and you're a racist, he tells him. Again, like that basically explains like 1982's version of systematic racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a great scene. I think he's great in it. Um, but it's like this is we're just gonna bludgeon you over the head with it. And also we're never really gonna explore. You know, yeah, what it's he's not. Saying. We're just gonna go. No, you're full of shit, <laughs> and walk away. It, no, it's actually the real people that don't commit the crime. We're gonna like fix things. Like that's like ultimately where the movie lands, which is just horse shit. Um, so that's and it just so then like you're not getting the thrills and stupid grimy fun that you want out of these types of movies, and instead you're getting like half lectured to, and then half this like weird like. He's running for office slash we're building like a neighborhood patrol type thing. Like it just, I don't know. It did not work for me. Like it, it like I was just like no, kind of annoyed the, by the movie. And then at the end, it's all like, you know, he, he commits, he, he does a murder at the end. He, he kills the guy, the, uh, the pimp that has been kind of running crime, the one that, that hit his wife. The sort of, yeah, the sort of bad guy, the guy, yeah, the guy, yeah, that, like, like the the villain of the this neighborhood. He like murders him with the at the request of the police commissioner. Yeah, and, and then he he's elected to office, and then they they kind of make it out like, look, it, like they show this idyllic like. Scene the park of kids is, the playing park in is, that park, and it's all clean now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, get the fuck out of here! It's just like if we got the right people in charge, if your regular deli owner from down the street was in charge, he could fix this all. And it's like, no, dude. If the people in charge could fix this all right now, I'm sure they would love to. But it's just, it's just not. There's not simple answers to things, and, and that's what this movie. It's just like no. If we got the right people, if we got the the good old boys in charge, they're gonna they're gonna fix this. And it just it rubbed me so wrong. <laughs> I'd like to know, like they this film starts so many plot threads and then just doesn't tie them <laughs> up. Like Lisa John's wife, like even before this, she's kind of like we should move. Like let's go to Denver with with whoever just some guy just moved there like we should move there that sounds fun right and john's like oh yeah whatever and then the crime happens. she's like we need to move i hate this place we're like we're in so much danger and then they just stop like like, they never touch on that again and at the end she's like happy to be there like the fuck (laughs) like oh i guess like your husband who's been abusive and and uh kind of a dickhead to you as, as a husband for most of this film, well, he cleaned up the park, I guess. So, I guess it's safe now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. 
I mean, there's some things in the movie that there's one thing that's pretty fun. I, he goes to beat up a chicken man in Philly. That is hysterical. <laughs> that is the best scene. Which is oh a Bruce Springsteen line, but I don't remember why he was doing it. So he the, some info, right? Like, yeah, and the guy. So, so he 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 does a bust outside of a school where he sees this guy. It was, it was because his son brought a friend over, and his son's friend got was high at the table, <laughs> and so they found out like, oh, this guy is selling the drugs. So he busts that guy at the school, and then he gets the word that it's this chicken guy <laughs> that is <laughs> is he's the racket behind it. There's this whole thing where he then goes and meets the mob boss, which is like, isn't this guy is committing crime? You're showing respect to him, though. Like, you think that it's okay that, like, the crime he commits is fine, but, like, the other crime isn't. So, like, like so only, only, like, the low-level street crime is, is bad, as long as, like, you're not affected. So he gets, anyway, he gets permission to, like, go and, and fight this this chicken shop guy he just starts beating him up in the fucking restaurant it's hysterical i wish more of the movie was like after he beats the shit out of him he like grabs a basket of fried chicken out of the fryer <laughs> dumps it into a bucket hops back over the counter and pays for it <laughs> it's like that should cover the damages and the chicken and then walks out if the movie was more of that, I could recommend it. Because again, I am not going to let like a movie being pro- problematic or not, you know, in line with my views to ruin the entertainment value of it. I would say this movie has entertainment value. If you like Death Wish and, and movies like that, you should check it out. Like, yeah, maybe you you don't agree with everything it's saying or whatever, like or you know the underlying themes. But this movie. Is instead a bunch of fucking horse shit, and it's it's not much. Like you don't get the things that you want out of it. Instead, you get a lecture about how like if the Italians took over, everything would be great. (laughs) Like I just, I'm sorry, I'm not buying what you're selling, and your movie kind of fucking sucks. It's kind of boring because of like the preachy nonsense you're putting into it. Yeah, you have like that one. If the one fun scene, that's it. Like, like really? Well, that's you know, like, the finger getting cut off. The, the chicken man scene. There's, and there like, is there is the goofy scene where he's in the bar. Like he goes into the yes, bar. That's what I was gonna bring up. Like, and that that one's a, kind of funny too because he's a he's, hothead. He is a total hot, fucking hothead from the jump in this. Like he's just got a hard on to go fuck shit up, and he just like runs into this bar where the pimp is at and stuff too, and he just. It's a big fucking bar brawl, and it's like, dude, can you tone it down a notch? Like, you're going fucking crazy. Like, you are the menace. Like, you are the menace yes. on the streets. Not any, like, everyone else is just doing the regular crimes. Like, you're, you're fucking, like, you're out of line. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And it kind of, like, I will say, like, Tom Scarrett did kind of, like, amuse me because his character is, like, written so psychotically like that for a while. But again, the whole thing is just like a mess, and it's just like I just come down to like if you want to see a movie like this, you have way better options. Like you could watch any. I'd, I'd take any of the Death Wish movies over this. I would take Vigilante with Robert Forster, which I think is really fun over this. And this is just like horse shit, fucking preaching to the choir. Like it, I just it did nothing for me. Yeah, 
same. It's uh it's not good. <laughs> um I wasn't expecting much out of it since I had never heard of it prior to now. I'm like, it's a movie that takes place in Philadelphia. And like, I have never heard of this film before. Um, Did the old police cars look right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I also like, there's a, there's a neat touch. And I, I, I don't know if it was, you know, if they just happened to hit on it or, or they, they did a little bit of research. But uh, the lady who interviews him from the news, she's like, you know, whatever her name is from Channel 6. And like yeah. that is, that's like the most popular station. Oh, for, okay. Like, like here it's the ABC, it's the ABC affiliate WPVI, Ooh. and uh, like that's the one most people watch. Like we also have CBS and NBC, like everybody else, but they're they're three and ten. Nobody like almost everybody watches Channel Six and Action News, and they don't say Action News because it's probably a brand, but they do say Channel Six, and like it's like that's neat. Like it's. They at least got the the station right, and like they do that with New York too. Like, hey, the like Channel Five News or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I guess they did the research on it. So yeah, the the cop cars look accurate. Everything looked accurate to Philly. Like it was filmed in in like that Kensington neighborhood area. So. But you but you don't <laughs> you like. Even still, do you think that area looks as? I don't, I actually don't really think that the movie makes it. It didn't sh- look at. It did not look that sh- like. It doesn't look shitty in the movie. That's the thing. Right? Yeah, like, that's it, what, just yes. as you were about to say. It it's it looks fine. It looks. I'm like, already. I'm thinking ahead to the next movie. We're gonna talk yeah. About okay. So that, that one definitely like uh, and but yeah, this this just looks like a normal like it looks like you know obviously the way they shot it it's all very like overcast and gloomy all the time. Like in Philly gets sun. <laughs> we, we do see the sun here. Um, but like, they seem to have shot it like maybe in winter or like the two weeks or three weeks they shot it in. It was just like maybe a, a yeah. bad well, and it's kind of That's kind of the look and tone. You like, again, if yeah. this movie were just like him going nuts and, and a bunch of crazy shit happening, like, I would dig it. I would. I would easily pick this over our next movie because I like the griminess of it. I love that that feel of like the early '80s like city movie. You know, like it, I, yeah. I really love that. But it's just again, here it's just to do a bunch of fucking horse shit. Like I just, I can't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I I really wish they had like picked one or the other. You know, instead of trying to like, we're gonna we're gonna try and make a statement on crime. I don't um, think the or, people or we're going to be a this, vigilante statement. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the people making this are capable of doing a serious drama about what, like, why cities are the way they are, or whatever. Like, I'd rather just have the stupid fucking movie, and it's not. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, yeah, it, it's not. Um, let's do ratings. Um, I am I am going uh, four out of ten. Is that what we do out of ten, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving us a four. Um, I I very much did not enjoy it. Like outside yeah. of Tom Skerritt, like acting insane in the like maybe first twenty twenty five minutes of this film. Um, I and and the chicken fight scene, which was <laughs> like take that out of this and like yes, I, I, I love I love it's this like, movie. That chicken fight scene is great. But. It's a great scene in a, in a lame movie. But uh, everything else, 
um, not great. So, yeah, 4 out of 10 for me. Yeah, my rating is exactly the same. 4 out of 10. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just, I just feel like there's not a whole lot to recommend here, even if you are a fan of this genre. Like, you have so many better options. And so, yeah, easy skip. I mean, if you're if you're really into the genre, if you're studying it to, like, I don't know, write a piece on these types of movies, then, yeah, you should definitely check it out. But, like... If you're As just looking for a movie to, to watch, watch movie? Just, no, no, uh, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but it seemed like a good idea on paper when I sketched it out. I, uh, I mean, it it was interesting to watch. I think from from that angle, like, <laughs> um, and honestly, I, I'm I like that you paired it with the next movie, like. They, yeah. These two movies have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> Not really. Like I, 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 I I had an idea of doing an episode about you know movies that are about how scary the the inner city is, and and both of these movies are that. Yeah. But our next film is not your typical death wish vigilante movie. It's more like a fish out of water type thing. Sure. Uh, and, and I guess we'll get into it. So our second movie is Judgment Night. Nobody is taking dates. It's a bunch of guys going to a boxing match. That's it. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I know your friends. <laughs> they have the hormones of high school kids. I'll be home early, okay? Promise. What do you say, fight fans? A night out on the town. Yeah. A heavy traffic jam. I'll tell you something, I'm not going to miss this fight. And one wrong turn. We've circled this block about 300 times. Yeah, enough of this scenic route. What the hell was that? He's been shot. They're coming after me. You gotta get me out of here. Back off. We can't just sit here, okay? Come on. They got guns, John. You broke rule number one. Do not steal from me. Oh, boys, rule number two. No witnesses. Cops are gonna be here any second. The cops are not coming. What's up? You punks crazy or something, man? Chill out, man. We're just looking for some citizens. Don't move. Don't whisper. Don't even breathe. These guys don't give up. Oh, Frank, is this your wife, huh? I get a wife and a little girl, and I will get back to them tonight. Let's show these punks what we got. You better believe it. You're just another victim. You're just another victim, kid. Hey! You're just another victim. Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary. No, Frank, after I kill you, I think I'm going to pay a little visit on that wife of yours. Judgment Night. You coming? This is from 1993. It came out October 15th, 1993. Budget of $21 million, box office of $12 million, which is kind of surprising to me. This is another one that obviously was not a hit. Um, yeah, kind of bombed. Yeah. It's directed by Stephen Hopkins, who actually did has done stuff that I like. Uh, he did Predator 2, which I do like. I'm sorry to say, I know people don't like it, but I do. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but... <laughs> He did Nightmare on Elm Street five, so he was, you know, he had movies under his belt. Um, yeah, 
did he did uh he worked on Highlander. He's he's done stuff. Yeah. Blown away. That's a film I like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did look that one. Um written by Lewis Colick. Don't know him, but the thing is <laughs> So in 1993, when this came out, I would have been 11 years old. I didn't see this in the theater, but I did see it on VHS. And in my head, it was like this lost gem of the 90s. Like, <laughs> I remember loving it, and then, like, it just... And, and like, in my head, it was a big hit. Like, everyone everyone knows Dragon yep. at Night, you know what I mean? Like, it was one of those, like... Same. <laughs> do you remember the movie being... Like, do you remember this movie coming out? I I didn't I do not remember it coming out, but I remember watching it with my friends like in high school, probably like on a, a VHS or a DVD at some point. And, like we all loved it. Like okay, so like we all like, like when I saw those numbers that did not yeah. do, well, I was like, how the fuck? Like it and like the cast in this pretty fucking yeah. good. I just remember this being like a big deal. Uh, it clearly wasn't. No, I I think there are people that remember it fondly. I know our friend Sean is one of them. Like he remembers this movie and he, he, he likes it. Um, I, I remember loving this movie as a kid, but I have not seen it since then. <laughs> so it, it was interesting to, to go back to this. And I do think that judgment night does have a fun premise. Yes. It's four friends. They're going to a boxing match in the city. They're from the suburbs. They're from wherever, and let's say Niles. That's where I grew up. I don't think they say where they're at. It's the suburbs. And they're heading on to, you know, the expressway of the city and get into a traffic jam. There is, like, this crazy road rage incident that happens. Uh, by the way, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, cool cast. You already mentioned it. Yeah. Um, so the four guys... Are and you know all of them. Emilio Estevez, he's our main character. Cuba Gooding Jr., who I think is like a few few years before his Oscar t- turn in uh, Jerry Maguire. Yes. Steven Dorf, who looks like he's twelve years old in this. I can't believe yeah, how young he looks. So young. <laughs> and Steven Dorf is an actor I like. He was actually on the last season of True Detective, and I really dug him in it. And Jeremy Piven, speaking of HBO shows, you know, everyone knows him from Entourage. Just a crazy, very 1993, like, all-star cast, honestly. Like, uh, you know, maybe Jeremy Piven wasn't a huge actor at this time, but, like, people know who he is now, you know what I mean? And then you have Dennis Leary as, like, this gangster that they run into who... I guess he's supposed to be like Irish mob. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. sure. I don't know. This is, this is like a comic book come to life. Um, but yeah, Dennis Leary is the big bad guy who I think at this time, Dennis Leary would have been, I think, pretty popular been at this point. Starting to blow up, I think. Yeah. Because like, I remember listening to his uh, his big stand-up album that he had had released. I don't know if it was like right around here or like right after, but he, he was, was he was getting ready to blow up. Once he blew up, he was a very popular comedian for a minute. Like, you know, the cigarette smoking, you know. 
So it was all the same year. So actually, actually, his uh, No Cure for Cancer stand-up, which was the, the big album yeah. for him, um, which had the song Asshole on it, which I thought was very funny at the time, <laughs> uh, um, was was early 1993. So, like, right before, a little bit, 10 months before this movie came out. So it's it's uh it might be hard for people to understand that like i don't know didn't live through this time or whatever but like larry was a very big comic for for a moment and then he yeah. had a resurgence in the 2000s when he did that um show about firefighters called rescue me yeah. which that, yep. that was like him showing his chops as a dramatic actor and, and, and that show was pretty good for a while um but yeah, here in the nineties, it was just like it was like, what if Andrew Dice Clay was your big bad guy in this movie? It's kind of yeah, basically it's a neat it's a neat novelty, right? Uh, and and the promise here is, yeah, they they're they're going to see a boxing match. They're one Jeremy Piven uh, has like somehow <laughs> conned his way into getting an RV for the night. Like he told some RV dealer that he like wanted to try it out and and, and you know see how it is and. They gave it to him for the night. I don't know. Whatever. It's funny. And, and the thing is, like, that's not unheard. Like the RV, yeah. I'm not sure of, but like, I remember my parents would like, like they would look for cars, and the dealership would be like, "Well, you can take it home for the day." Like, you know, I'd say, "Bring it back tomorrow." You see how you know, see how you like it. Go to the grocery store, whatever you want. Like, you know, they would let you take the car home, like provided you had insurance, but. Yeah, like I don't know about an RV, but they definitely did stuff like that in in the you know early '90s, late '80s. It's okay because it's just fun. Like yeah. especially when I'm watching this as like an 11 year old kid, I'm like, oh, like you know, an RV just seems so cool to me, right? And this obnoxious RV too. <laughs> this is ballers. Fuck, it has an NES and yeah. a zapper in there, man. Yes. We got the zapper. Uh, and he's, he's like, we got VHS, we got CDs, and uh, again, just kind of as a time capsule thing, this is kind of fun. Um, satellite in the in the RV, which at the time would have been fucking like amazing, like for <laughs> you to be able to get a satellite feed. Um, people like that are younger than us watching this now would be like completely like, what the what fuck? <laughs> like it would it would seem like how the 1950s seemed to us watching. You know what I mean? Like, wow, this is a different fucking time. <laughs> it's like we yeah. remember this. This is this is our world for for half of our lives. You know? Yes. Uh, and that's a fun that's a fun thing about this movie that was not built in from the beginning. It's it's looking back now. It's it's neat, right? Um. But the premise of this movie is to get stuck in traffic trying to get to this boxing match, and Piven is like, "Fuck this! I, I know a way. Like, we'll, we can find our way there." And he like pulls off the expressway and ends up in the wrong neighborhood. Another hundred percent fucking eighties, nineties thing that like stupid people like this would do. Yeah, and absolutely believable. Yeah, and I just I, I dig the idea of it. Like, oh, you're in the wrong side of town now. This side of town, I don't know which side of Chicago this is. It looks like the beginning of the original Terminator when you're in the future <laughs> and the robots have won because, like, there's just garbage and newspapers blowing around everywhere and it's desolate and it looks like hell. And I, I'm sure there are streets in Chicago that look like this, but this is just not real. Like, 
And what was they like? They like especially if you just got off the freeway, right? Like that—that's the premise here. Is they got off the freeway, and it's like, oh, if I just stay on this road, I'm going to hit the big cross street, or we'll be fine. Like, how long is this like desolate, <laughs> derelict neighborhood? It's like also they're in a, they're in like the city that time forgot. Like you know, like a, <laughs> and it, you know, there are like. You know, actual facts. You could be driving towards the city, get off the wrong exit, and end up in a neighborhood you do not want to be in. And, and like, oh, of know, course, yes. Um, you know, and that's like literally right off I ninety. Like, you could you get a, get off on the wrong exit, and like I've gotten pulled over for, for not like like why are you here? I'm like I'm trying to buy trucks. <laughs> here for exactly the reason that you <laughs> that think, yeah. but uh. But like again, like even those, uh, they don't look like this, like deserted. Like I don't know, man. The way this, like again, to me, it looks like you know the future parts of Terminator. That's what this, yes. this part of the city looks like. And that's like not every, real. All, all the humans are hiding because at any moment yeah. the robots yeah. <laughs> get them. Exactly, like it, it's crazy. Uh, they like accidentally hit some guy. With their RV, they're trying to help him, and that's when you find out this guy, uh-oh, he stole some money from, I guess, Irish mobsters? Uh, is, is Larry Irish? I don't know. He comes off as Irish to me. Yeah, I'm not sure. This guy is part of their crew, though. Um, yeah, yeah. And and he's, like, been skimming he's off the Irish. top or something. Yeah, clearly not Irish. <laughs> I don't know, oh. man. It's, it's all kind of... To me, no, I couldn't buy anything happening in this movie. As much as I like, I wanted to like love it the way I remembered it. I was just like, "What is this, dude?" Like, just so unreal. So like, they they like grab this guy off of him, and they're like, "You know, you stole money from us, and that you know you have to pay for that." And Dennis Leary like shoots him and kills him, and in front of these dudes, and then he's like. You know my rule, like we can't leave witnesses, and so like they're like trying to kill these four guys that were just going to a boxing match, and like to me, why wouldn't you just take this dude somewhere else? Like, all right, see ya. Like, it, it, <laughs> you didn't need to shoot him like right in, in the, the middle street. of the street. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's there's, so there's lot, cartoony. There's a lot. The questions are just like they light the RV on fire to escape, and then. Look, Leary kind of cool. and his crew. Well, yeah, it's a cool escape sequence. But cool then Leary and his crew spend like the next, the rest of the night chasing them down. At some point, you're like, ah, fuck it. Like, who cares, right? man? Like, it, it becomes they, like this. They're not going to be able to actually identify us anyway. It is like, yeah. Wouldn't you just be like, well, fuck them if they try to cross some shit? Well, you know. Honestly, what would probably happen is those guys wouldn't say shit anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it would just be like, well, that was some crazy shit that didn't involve us. Like, I don't know. Right. But yeah, it was cool because, like, they wedged the RV in this, like, alleyway. So, like, you, there's no way to walk around it. And they light the, the RV on fire and jump off the front of it so that, like, get separation from Dennis Leary and his gang. Um, but yeah, and then. There's a whole like sequence in a train yard that's kind of fun, like it's kind of suspenseful, like because like, and those train yards are like all over, the, like you do see those in industrial areas. Um, 
and like they like they hide in a train car, and there's and there's again every step of the way there's like something about it. And I'm like this is like very cartoonish. They go in the train car, and there's a bunch of hobos in the train car, <laughs> and the hobos are like, yo, you have to pay us to say stay silent. Like I'm like pretty sure Hibbins is like. It's like here, take the cash. Like whatever, just whatever. And I, I like your watch. It's like no, fuck off. It's, so, it's like you just give them anything. These people are trying to kill you. you if you, they just want to be quiet, give them everything. You leave there naked if you have to. Shut the fuck up. Take everything. Right. Uh, and then like, doesn't one of the, like the one of the bums go crazy? And is like one of the bums is looking at a uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is wearing his like college or high school football jacket it's like i used to play f- i i could have gone to college or something like that i could have been a big star and he starts going off and like what do i need to do to shut him up man <laughs> uh they end up like running to this like giant like projects apartment building or whatever right and there's a little social commentary in here like they're like trying to get help from people and, and finally like this you know, someone lets them in and they're like, yeah, the police aren't going to come. Like, if you call, they take, like, forever. You know what I mean? Like, that type of thing. Well, I like how like, these guys, they are they are clearly privileged there from, like, the suburbs. They, mm-hmm. They've never had to deal with it. Like, and they keep, like, acting, like, absolutely shocked <laughs> at everything. Like, like, what do you yeah. mean the police? Like, mean the police? Like, get me on the phone with the police. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll get, them, get here. them here right away. Like, and and so then, to learn, then to learn, like, the world is different than how they perceive it. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually, like, it's saying something in a way that is, like, way more clever than fighting back ever does. And it's entertaining because yeah. I think I think the four, you know, whether, whether, you know, the movie definitely is cartoonish. But it I think really the four is. It are entertaining together. Like they all have different distinct personalities. Pivens is the like slimy, like I could talk my way out of anything. Like, except you can't because you're an idiot. Like Cuba Gooding Jr. is like the meathead. Uh, Emilio Estevez is clearly like the leader of the group. Like, like they, they all have distinct um, kind of like caricatures. Like their archetype. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're. Their personalities behind them as actual actors is mm-hmm. good. Like they're fun to be around. You like being around these four people. I agree. Um, uh, we get uh, so in this whole apartment building sequence, which might be like the best part of the movie. I don't know. Like it's a good time. We get uh, there's an escape between the two buildings involving a ladder, which Scream yes. Six totally ripped off. Like, I'm sorry, this is, like, unless, I don't know, if you've seen this in any other movies where you put a ladder between two buildings, but I've seen it in Scream 6, and I've seen it in Judgment Night. So I'm saying Scream 6 ripped it off from this. I I don't know if I've seen it in movies. I've definitely been, like, I've gone up on friends' apartments, like, in the the city. where they done this? I've not done, I'm not, I was like, absolutely not, but I have, like, seen people... (laughs) Like they've run across like the thing like oh, once like you were fucking no, dead dude. and I was like I'm I'm going back downstairs but hell, I, yeah, I don't even want to see this I like, I can't watch it. Yeah. it honestly like even watching it like honestly like in Scream Six and in this they're like the the most effective parts for me because I get like 
physical vertigo watching like watching yeah. it i'm like oh no 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 um Pivot hangs back though to try to negotiate with these guys. It does not work out for him. Uh, no, but he thinks it does. <laughs> do you think? Like, no, yeah, you got to do like kind of again. Like this whole sequence is probably my favorite part of the movie. Like, like Leary lets him think that he's like talking his way out of like being a smooth talker and talking his way out of the situation. We got to deal. Um, and then fucking Leary just throws him over the building. And this movie is so like kind of goofy that I thought he'd land safely in a dumpster down below, you know, like land on some garbage, right? But no, like Piven is dead. Um, and I think that's where, like, I think Leary is a really effective villain in this, just because, like, he generally good. he has like this like goofy kind of demeanor. That's just how he generally is, like, kind of sarcastic, mm. but. Almost you don't want to take him seriously, but then he just, like, pushes fucking Pivens off the roof in, like, one motion. Like, just... Yeah. Like, coldly does it, and it's fucking insane. Um, there's another scene before this when they're looking for them at that, the, you know, the housing projects, and they come across this, like, gang of, like, kids. Just, like, just a goofy scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and the kid's like, you ain't doing shit. And he's like, you know, he talks to him, he's like, how much is like I, I know you're trying to act tough in front of your boys. I get it. Yeah. How yeah. much is it gonna take you to go to he's like, I'll just take your money if I want it. It's like, you will not take my money, but you can take my money. Yes. And it's just so sinister, like yeah. the way he says it, that it's like, fuck, he is scary as fuck. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, I, I yes, agree. I will take your money. I I I I hadn't thought about it. You're right, like in that like his villain turn in this is pretty fucking good, dude. Like, and that line, I like, I like that too. He's like, "You can't take my money, but you could take my money." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you ain't taking this off me. I'm offering it to you, type thing. Like, I, I, I really did like that line. And yeah, he's he's good. Like, he's like a shining part of this. And again, like, I don't hate this movie at all. I just, it did not live up to. Like no. what my memories of it were, because if you could imagine seeing this as an eleven-year-old kid in like 1993 or whatever, you know, however old you are when you saw it, like it was like it was kind of like a badass movie back then. Now it's just like it's kind of a neat goof, like yeah. Uh, it's and a fun, like, it's a fun, it's a fun adventure movie, fun action film. Yeah, it's like kind of like something like an adventures and babysitting or something like that. Like you're getting yeah. like these certain set pieces. Like now we're on, you know, now we're in the train yard. Now we're in the apartment building. Now we're in the sewer sewers, like teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Um, that's where we kind of get into like the, the like climax of this. Like they decided when they're in the sewers that they're going to like make a stand. Uh, it's kind of clumsy. It goes back and forth. Like, and they like, just like grab like they like metal pipes out of nowhere. Like, okay, um, like because all sewers just have metal pipes lying. They're just laying there, like like a video game for you to pick up. <laughs> exactly. But they start like evening the odds by like they do take out a couple of their guys, and at this point, I think it's like evenly matched for there's three of them. You know, Pivot's dead, but you got three of the good guys and three of the bad guys. But then Larry gets pissed off and kills one of his guys, so then it becomes 3-2. Um, and then you get the big climax in this, like, shopping... I don't yeah, know. Shopping mall center or something? 
I have no idea because it's so fucking weird. It like looks like it's like some grocery store, but like but there's like two floors and and there's chain link fences through the entire store. We make it makes no sense. Like I yeah, don't understand. which which made it like to me it it gave me like kind of visions of this place called uh, um uh, we have like this market that's like by the train station. And that's kind of what it is. Like you go through and there's like, there's like storefronts and it all kind of looks like a big open grocery store, but they're like different storefronts with cages and stuff. That's what kind of the vibe it gave me. But yeah, I don't know what they were going for. They never actually say. It feels, it's like when you have a big action fight at the end of a movie in like some factory or something. It's like, it just feels too anonymous. Like it's not specific enough. Anyways, it's a big fucking showdown here. Everyone, you know, ends up being like Estevez and, and you know Larry, obviously, and they're like beating the shit out of each other. And I don't remember. Estevez like throws him over. I think he throws him over something, and he goes flying down, and falls to his death. Right? Yeah. So like, well, <laughs> so he's they're they're fighting up on this second floor thing, and Estevez kicks him, and and it breaks this like barrier or something, and and Leary's like holding on. Just barely, like it's like yeah. help me and Estevez yeah, goes know and helps him, like like, and he's like, I knew you would do the right thing, and then tries to kill him again, <laughs> and then then it then the big climax with Leary dying, but yeah, and then it's just the police show up and you know your standard action movie ending. Oh, we're coming to clean everything up. Yeah, uh, you know, but Estevez gets, goes out and his wife's there, or whatever. It, it is like. I don't know. Like again, it's to me, it's it is entertaining. Like it's a it's a very fun premise, and it's entertaining enough yeah. for what it is. Like it's not nothing mind blowing, and it's kind of like it kind of makes sense to me why it's forgotten. Um, but it's not bad. Like it's just it's just nothing. I don't buy most of what's happening here. No, it's all it's all completely goofy. The the yeah. the setting is clearly absurd. Like it's like you're in Chicago, but there's nothing that like, it looks like Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's like this desolate apocalyptic city, except for the housing projects, um, and like the the vast sewer system. Like none of it is like there's no sense of like place. Like you could it could be anywhere. And it's and, just not a real place. Like, right. you know, there is no real place it's that's like this. It's a fake place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm with you. Like it is fun though. Like it is a fun movie to watch. It's entertaining, not necessarily good, but I enjoyed going back to it. Like it's pretty dumb. Like, yeah. Um. But uh, I had fun with it. Like I, I was not bored watching this at all. Like I was with fighting back. I wasn't angry Agreed. at it like I was with fighting back. Like it's like this Agreed. delivers the entertainment. Like this is good what you villain, want. Good, good group. Yeah. yeah, this is kind of what you want out of this type of. Again, it's not a vigilante movie, but it's kind of a. It's kind of like a, a, a warriors style movie where you're trying to get like from A to B and you're getting chased, and it's just fun. It's like a fun city movie. Again, I guess like the warriors. Not very realistic, but it's fun enough. I don't know. What do you think? What What are you rating it? I'm I'm at I'm at six of ten. 
Um, I had a good time with it. Uh, I'm glad we we returned to this. this. <laughs> Evidently, um, uh, not hit. <laughs> forgotten, in forgotten our, gem. Our, I think like, in our mind it was a hit. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm super. Like, and then you see this cast. You're like, how wasn't this a hit, man? Like Leary was big. Cuba Gooding Jr. It was all before, I guess, their big star turn. Emilio Estevez probably is. He I was mean, a star, him, but. Yeah, he was, he was the lead here, right? Like, like I just, I, I, what happened to him, dude? Like, he hasn't done anything forever. I love him. I, I think he's like, I love his presence in this and in Breakfast Club and Young Guns and all that. And it's like he's just gone. Like, he directed a movie. I think like he did like the RFK movie, like you know, a while ago now. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Why does this guy not act? Yeah, I don't. He's a, he's a good. Good actor. Um, he hasn't been in a whole lot since, like, this is like a, he's primed for like he's primed for like Tarantino to grab him and do something with him. You know, in my opinion, something happened. I think like he came out as like some sort of anti-vaxer or something, though. Oh, really? Um, he was part of that Mighty Ducks TV show that was on. Oh, Disney so he Plus. has done some acting recently. Yeah, that was um, recent, right? And yeah, and if, my, if I remember correctly, he was cut from that because For being a type <laughs> basically, it's like he wouldn't he wouldn't get the vaccine, he wouldn't do COVID oh, testing, come on. and uh, so they they ended up cutting him from the second season of that show. I don't, I don't know what happened to that show after that. I don't know. Like lots of people went crazy at COVID. Like he might not <laughs> he might not be a crazy right winger. He might just be like I don't want people like making me do shit it's like but hey, you're an you actor know, they make you yeah. do shit all the time for safety <laughs> but whatever That's um, but yeah, otherwise he hasn't really been in a, in a ton of stuff yeah though. yeah anyways uh i'm right with you chris okay actually we have the same score for both of our movies i think that this might be a first it's a six oh. it, it's 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 fun like uh, i want one thing i'll be, be before you do your final wrap up there, we didn't speak on it because it's not really a big, but the soundtrack for this movie is pretty cool. Is, it's wild. And I looked it up. Um, Every song on the soundtrack is a mix of a hip hop artist and a rock artist that they paired together to come up with something. So, so they're like original songs. Yeah. And they, I just... they, they all came up with like, I was like, that is that Sir mix a lot. Like, it's like, like, you know, about ten minutes in, and it is, and like he's paired with some rock band or something. Yeah, I and should have touched on that because it's it, really neat. Like the music isn't like it's not like standout-ish, but it's like interesting. I, I do like that, like that, whatever that song is. I think it's Della Soul, which is another like forgotten group that has had a resurgence because their their music is like finally available on streaming. Like on Apple Music and all that. Like they were like lost forever. Um but uh yeah that's neat too like again it's a cool time capsule movie for sure yeah and again it's not gonna blow your mind as an action movie or anything else but it's you could do worse to than putting this on for free on tubi on a friday night oh Uh, yeah and i love i I think we've mentioned this before but tubi is fucking awesome with their ad breaks They're, they're they're so rare yeah, they're rare, and then when they happen, it's minutes. like, and it, but it's like perfectly placed too. It's like right yeah. at the end of a scene or something. Like it's never like, it's never like in the middle of an action sequence. It's like 
all right, there we're we're fading to black, going to a new scene. That's where the the ad break comes in. It's like shit. This is Doobie, awesome. Doobie felt like this impossible thing. Like <laughs> I don't know how they make money. <laughs> it, it, it's like what what they offer is like Netflix is going to be charging for what they like. Yeah. Or, or actually, I'm sorry. Prime. Amazon, Amazon Prime. It's going to be offering what they offer. Like the only thing where Tubi stumbles. It's not even a stumble, but like they're they have original programming, which I don't think they even have to bother with. Like just just be like an archive of cool old movies. I yes. think would be good enough. But yeah, you know, they, they put out original stuff, which is like terrible. Which I haven't watched any of it, but like <laughs> some, some of really it is terrible. terrible. Yeah. But other than that, like their selection is so wide, and their ad breaks are like very kind of tastefully done. Like it's just yeah. like. It's a miracle that it's free. It just feels like something that is like unsustainable, like will not last. But right now, it is awesome. And the best part is, I've still never made an account, which I should, because that way you can like resume movies where they yeah. were. Like I watched uh, earlier today. I watched like the first thirty minutes of Mean Streets, like um, you know Scorsese's early movie, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I decided to turn it off. And now I'm like, if I want to watch from where I was, I'm gonna have to like. But I just um, love. Just, I love just that. Do it. Yeah, the, I should the, do the, it. Because, like, yeah, I think you can do it with like a Google account. So it's like really I, I easy. You don't have to fill shit in. I just love the idea though that you don't have to make an account for something. Yeah, you just like, walk go just, on and watch. <laughs> so good. Anyways, so uh, I did not do a poll actually for this month because I didn't think anyone would have seen Fighting Back. So I just said fuck it. Uh, and it sounds like we're in agreement. Judgment Night yes, is clearly yeah. the better out of these two. Sorry, Chris. Chicago wins this round. Maybe you could come up with two other city movies and make Philly win. But uh, I had an okay time with these. This, you know. Yeah. It, it, it was okay. Uh, what do you got for next month? I'm out of the hot seat, finally. You are. Um, you had to do it two months in a row. We are in the dead of winter right now. Um, I, like I know I normally try to theme like around where we're going. I'm like, <laughs> I tried to find a Valentine's Day thing. I was like, I don't really want to do my bloody Valentine, which I think we might have already done. Uh, and there's not really a lot of Valentine's Day stuff, but we are in the dead of winter, and that brought me to a film called Thirty Days of Night. Okay, um, it's a vampire film. Um, takes place in Alaska. That movie has a sequel called 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, and we're going to watch both of these. All right. 30 Days of Night from 2007, starring Josh Hartnett, and then 30 Days of Night, Dark Days from 2010, starring... I don't fucking know any of these people, so <laughs> I think it was direct-to-video. But uh, we're going to watch the 30 Days of Night series. All right. Hit them against each other. I feel like I'm in 30 Days of Night, this winter shit. Get me out of this... <laughs> Give me the March. Give me the April. All right. Sounds fun. All right. I hope yeah, so. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for indulging me with these two, and thanks to anyone who is listening. We'll be back next month. See ya.